Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. Here's the run of the play. He is. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Powers on Sports Podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Before we get back to the episode, want to mention Titan Home Lending. If you have any home financing needs in the state of Florida, reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. I can help you with a home purchase, with a refinance, with a cash out refinance, with a renovation loan, a VA loan, FHA loan, conventional loan, and virtually anything in between relative to home financing. So reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. You can reach me on email at jpowers at titanhl.com. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa. We are going solo this week. No guests. I'm just going to give you some thoughts on the NBA, the NHL playoffs. We're going to talk about Carl Nassib for the Las Vegas Raiders with his big announcement. We're going to talk about the Euros. And we're going to give you a couple baseball nuggets as well as we head into coming upon the 4th of July weekend here in the next week or so around the country. First off, I want to comment, just make a quick thought and prayers, go out to all the victims down in Miami with the condominium uh, collapse that we've all probably have seen on the news. What a terrible situation that is, and that's going to unfortunately only going to get worse as they're able to go through the rubble. So thoughts and prayers out to those families in the Miami area who are going through that tragedy. So want to make, make sure we got that on the board first and foremost. All right. The two best words in sports game seven, game seven NHL playoffs just culminated in Tampa, Florida Friday night, the Tampa Bay lightning and the New York Islanders played a really, really well-played seventh game. The Islanders, Force a game seven by scoring three unanswered goals in the third period in overtime in game six to close out the Nassau Coliseum to force a game seven in Tampa. Game seven, Eastern Conference Finals. Hard-nosed defensive battle. Both goaltenders, Vasilevsky and Varlamov, played really, really well. Some big saves and some key moments. But Yanni Gord, shorthanded, is the difference in this one as the Tampa Bay Lightning advanced to their second consecutive Stanley Cup, a 1-0 win. It's the first time in Stanley Cup history that there's been a Game 7, 1-0 game decided by a shorthanded goal. So Yanni Gord is the hero for the Lightning, sends the Lightning to the Stanley Cup Finals where they will meet the Cinderella of all Cinderella stories, the Montreal Canadiens 
who will make their first appearance in the Stanley Cup final since back in 1993, all the way back to the Patrick Waugh days. With their miracle run through the playoffs, they remember the Canadians were down 3-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. They swept the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and then they were a heavy underdog versus the Las Vegas Knights, and they win a game six overtimer in Montreal, 3-2 to send Carey Price and the Canadians to to their first Stanley Cup final in some 28 years. So will be another classic David Ver, I mean, uh, miss, you know, mismatch on paper. The Canadians are super strong in the nets with Carey Price. Price and Vasilevsky are probably the two best net minders in the world and in most definitely in the in the NHL. Montreal is very strong defensively. They are timely when it comes to the offensive uh, firepower. Uh, the, the, in, the Lightning are devastating on the power play. Remember, Nikita Kucherov was very iffy for Game 7 against the Islanders. He played, played pretty effectively, was able to stay not, to not re-injure himself. We'll see how he how he progresses with his injury heading into Game 1 on Monday night in Tampa. But Canadians, Lightning, the Lightning will be a heavy favorite heading into this one to be repeat champions. You have the gritty-gutty Montreal Canadiens. Remember, their coach has been in COVID protocols for the last two or three games. So they've been getting coached by an assistant coach. If you saw the scenes in Montreal after their game six win, it was it was euphoria, the electricity in the house. I can tell you down here in Tampa, it was electric on Friday night for game seven in the sports bars and in the city, throughout the city, as the Lightning have, again, advanced to their second consecutive Stanley Cup final and look to be repeat champions under John Cooper and company, Stamkos, Hedman, Kucherov, Braden Point in the, in the crew. It should be a very inter, should be a good series. I do think the Lightning are going to get it done. I'm going to say the Lightning in five games. I just think that the offensive uh, lack of offensive firepower for Montreal is going to catch up to them. But I think these games are going to be very close. Both win or lose, I think these games will be low scoring and very close because Montreal needs to keep the score down to have a chance against the Lightning. So. There's your NHL update. Let's go to the NBA. We are in the in the middle of the conference finals for both the East and the West. In the East, we've got Milwaukee, Atlanta are tied up 1-1. Milwaukee rebounded from a game one loss with an emphatic 30-plus point win in game two. A strong, strong performance by the Bucks. Fear the deer. Giannis played really well in company. So we head back to Atlanta, 1-1 in the East. Remember, the Atlanta Hawks went to Philadelphia and won a Game 7 in Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semifinals. The the Bucks went to Brooklyn and won a Game 7 against the Nets, the depleted Nets. Kevin Durant, one inch away from a game-winning three-pointer, but his foot was on the line, so it went to overtime. The game goes to overtime. Milwaukee gets it done in overtime as Durant tires late in overtime. Again, in Philadelphia, the Ben Simmons project, in my opinion, should needs to be over in Philadelphia. I think Ben Simmons needs a change of scenery. I think he needs to get his, just get in a different environment. His He's a good player, but obviously his shooting woes are well documented. He's just afraid of the moment late in the game. He's afraid to take the ball 
and make a play with the ball because of his fear to go to the foul line. I think you're going to see Ben Simmons get traded this offseason by the Philadelphia 76ers. Look for a guy like TJ McCullough, maybe. Maybe a guy from, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a, a good player get traded back to Philadelphia to fill one of their needs, whether it's a point guard or two guard kind of need. But if you're Philadelphia, you have to have a, another major second option who can be a scorer for you in the fourth quarter to help Embiid. Embiid played really well in the playoffs, but again, the guy can't do it all, and he needs a little bit, a little bit of shooting help on the perimeter. Another, basically, his Robin to him being Batman. So, look for Ben Simmons to be traded at some point this offseason. Um, again, I think Ben can still be a good player in the league. It's just he has got to re, he's got to reform his mental state, his confidence level to, to even think about shooting the balls at an all time low. If you remember in Game Six, game, I'm sorry, Game Seven, he passed up a, a open dunk to try to pass the ball for whatever reason, not real sure, but he did. So one one, I like Milwaukee in this series. I think it'll be a six or seven game series for Milwaukee, but I think the Bucks will find a way to advance to their first final in quite some time. Uh, over in the West, we have the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns are up two one as we head to Game Four Saturday night. In Los Angeles, remember the Game 2 dramatic ending with the Valley Oop to DeAndre Ayton. Just a well-executed play by the Phoenix Suns. A disaster when it comes to the all the reviews and all the stoppages by the NBA in Game 2. But uh, there's really not a whole lot you can do about that as far as the reviews go. Limit these timeouts to one minute. Uh, limit the, the reviews to is the one only way you could probably speed up the game a little bit, but we can't have a review every 15 seconds in the last two minutes of these games. So um, tough ending, but it a, a great ending. Again, you had the alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton with less than a second left in the game to give Phoenix a 2-0 lead. Give full credit to Ty Lue and the Clippers for coming back in game three. Remember, Chris Paul returned, had been off for a little while, was a little bit rusty, a little sluggish. So the Clippers get it done. Paul George and company in game three with a sound win. Game four, I think you're going to see Phoenix re rebound. I think Booker and Chris Paul did not play very well at all in game three. Remember, Booker has the broken nose, so he's wearing a face mask. So we'll see how, how he adjusts better to that wearing that face mask. I look for Phoenix to win this game four Um Saturday night in Los Angeles to take control of the series. I think Phoenix is going to get through to the finals. I think just too much, a little bit too much firepower uh, and too much offensive uh, interior force. Those Zubats is playing well against Aiton. I think the combination of Aiton, Paul, and Booker are going to be a little bit too much for the Clippers uh, to advance to the finals. So I like the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks in a 2021 NBA final. So we'll see how that goes, but stay tuned as we progress through the, the rest of the NBA Western Conference playoffs. Some coaching hires in the NBA this week. Some interesting ones. You got Jason Kidd heading to Dallas to team back up with Luka Doncic. You got Rick Carlisle, who was in Dallas, heading back to back home to Indiana, where he was once the coach before he went to Dallas. So that's an interesting move there, him coming back to Indiana. You got Ime Udoka taking over the Celtics job under Brad Stevens, the, the longtime assistant under Popovich, and he was in Brooklyn this last year. The other job that's still vacant that we're waiting to hear on is the Portland Trailblazers. 
It looks like it's going to be Chauncey Billups up there in Portland. Becky Hammond, the first female kind of in serious consideration for a head coaching job. She was in the mix there, but it looks like it's going to be Chauncey Billups. I think that'll be a good hire. Uh, Chauncey's a, a former player, you know, lots of, lots of respect around the league. So we'll see how he does as a coach, but most of the coaching hires have been taken care of and we'll see how that progresses. But um, again, exciting playoffs so far. There's been some good games, some good close games in the West, especially the East has not been as competitive on the Eastern side of the playoffs, but hopefully we'll have a good final and we'll see. Uh, we're definitely going to have a new champion. So that'll be good for the sport as well. So you're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason. You want to reach out to us on Twitter at JPostSports. Um, let us know what you think. Love to hear some feedback from you. A couple of, uh, let me give you a football note. Obviously, the big news in the football world this week was Carl Nassib coming out as the first openly active gay player. Carl Nassib uh, out of Penn State played has played for a couple teams, including my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he had a pretty good little two-year run with the Bucs after his first stint with Cleveland. He was a high draft pick. I think he was a second-round pick out of Penn State, defensive end. He's now with the Las Vegas Raiders. He comes out as the first openly gay player. I think it's good job for Carl to do it. I would say there's probably hey, there probably wasn't any doubt that he you know most people in the locker rooms probably knew he was gay, but publicly to come out and do that, hopefully this is one of many that people will feel more comfortable in doing it, where it won't be such a breaking news type situation. It'll be interesting to see how this announcement affects his job status if it does at all. You know, Nassib had had played really well with Tampa, signed a pretty good contract, free agent contract with Las Vegas. Did not have a great year last year in Las Vegas. Um, so we'll see if this has any bearing on whether he stays with the Raiders, doesn't stay with the Raiders or what. So, uh, but good for Carl Nassib for coming out. Personal note, I actually used to see Carl Nassib in my gym here in Tampa from time to time uh, in the last couple of years. So, Nassib would work out at my gym from time to time. He ain't the biggest guy in the world. He's a tall guy, but he's not not the biggest muscular guy in the world. So, um, but good for Carl Nassib for doing what he did. Congratulations, and hopefully, again, this will become a not, not not much of a news story moving forward with other guys. I think I think you will. The next time you will see it as a massive news story is when we have a major superstar. I think that's the one time we're gonna we're gonna see a major impact in the in the. Uh, uh, gay and lesbian world when it, when it comes to this announcement is when you have a superstar player come out as gay. No matter if it's baseball, football, basketball, one of those three sports, if you have a superstar guy that comes out that's gay, that's really going to push the needle and move the needle a little bit from a media perspective. So that will be the interesting thing is whenever that happens for the first time, how does that affect that whole the whole movement of uh, doing that and being open about it? So, But good for Carl Nassib. Because I can tell you folks, whether you want to believe it or not, there's probably one, there's probably at least one guy in every football locker room. There's probably one guy in every baseball clubhouse, probably one guy in every hockey, hockey dressing room, and one guy in every basketball locker room for every team. That's, uh, that's probably uh, at least one guy, if not more, that are, that are homosexual. And again, their teammates probably already know, but uh, good that make this more of a uh, not much of a mainstream story anymore, hopefully moving forward. 
The Euros are underway uh, on Saturday with the knockout round, the round of 16. So you got a full slate of knockout round matches this weekend and into next week as we head to a July 11th final in Wembley. The semifinals and finals will be in Wembley. Some impressive teams have been, you've seen uh, Belgium be very impressive, Italy being very impressive. You got a big matchup in the quarter, in the round of 16, England and Germany. Um, so the Germans got through. France is going to be a threat. Spain, potentially, I, even though I don't think there'll be a major threat. But I think you're going to see a Belgium, France, potentially England. Um, those are the three teams I would keep my eye on as far as advancing deep in this tournament. But if you're a soccer fan, it's a very exciting time. You'll see you got plenty of soccer coming up in the next six, seven days. Um, as far as multiple games a day, and then it'll slide down to probably one game a day as we get to the end of next week towards the 4th of July. But uh, the final will be July 11th in Wembley. Last couple things we'll talk about, a couple baseball notes as we wrap it up here. Wander Franco, the number one prospect in all the baseballs, finally been called up by the Tampa Bay Rays. My Tampa Bay Rays, who are in first place, right there battling with the Red Sox in the AL East. Franco's the 20-year-old phenomenal prospect, third baseman, shortstop. He came up uh, 20 years old. He came up late, late, late in the week. First game, hit a three-run homer and roped a double. I think it's going to be great for the for the Rays, just with, with an infusion of, of youth and infusion of excitement. Obviously, Franco's a player too. He's going to play every day, either third, most likely third base. I, I would would assume. Um, Great talent, physical specimen. Again, twenty-year-old guy. He's going to be a guy that you're going to you're going to be hearing about for the next bunch of years. Obviously, with the with the Rays, their goal is to be able to keep him as long as they can before he has an opportunity to hit free agency. Which the Rays will be able to at least keep him for five to six years before he's free agency eligible. So that's a great thing, and it's just a good thing for the Tampa Bay baseball market. We've not had a homegrown, a field player, position player. In a long, long time, probably since Carl Crawford, we've had some good pitchers. David Price has come up through our through our system, but uh, most of our players, unfortunately, once they've gotten to kind of star level talent, they've been traded for for more talent. But uh, hopefully, we'll get to enjoy Wander Franco for the next four to five, six years, um, and hopefully, uh, he won't get traded. Hopefully, he'll sign a long term contract and stay with the Tampa Bay Rays. But hopefully, Wander Franco turns out to be the prospect that we all think he can be and the player that we all want him to be and lead Tampa Bay to a potential playoff appearance and deep run in the 2021 playoffs. So other thing I want to, last thing I want to comment is Joe Girardi. Obviously this week, Major League Baseball started their implementation of the checking the pitchers between innings uh, for foreign substances and such, and they've been doing that. Joe Girardi acted like an absolute clown this week dealing with Max Scherzer. Scherzer was pitching against the Phillies, and the umpires were checking Scherzer every every inning. And then in the middle of an inning, Joe Girardi steps out, stops play, and demands that the umpires check Scherzer for illegal substances because he's throwing a gem. Very, very Bush League by Joe Girardi doing that, you know, I mean, then he challenges, you know, the, the, the Washington Nationals staff and Scherzer get upset about him doing it in the middle of an inning. And then all of a sudden, Girardi starts to challenge the coaching staff and, or Scherzer to a fight, walking out of the dugout, acting like a bozo. You stay in the freaking dugout, Joe. You're the managers. Managers, you sh do not be, do not 
show up these other pitchers. If you, it, the umpires are going to check it on a regular basis. They'll do it. If they're cheating, they'll get caught. They'll get suspended. Do you think Max Scherzer is going to cheat the first week that this policy is being implemented? Really? He's like, well, I've never seen Max Scherzer touch, his, touch the inside of his, of his cap or the back of his neck as much as he was doing it. Please, bro. If you're stupid enough to cheat on the first week that it's happening, you're, you, then you, you deserve to get a 50-game suspension, much less a 10-game suspension. So cut, cut out the antics, these man, managers, Joe Girardi. Let the umpires do their thing. They'll catch them if they're cheating and just move on. I mean, it's just stupid because, Joe, if you don't think your, your pitchers in Philadelphia weren't cheating, aren't going to try to probably cheat at some point down the road, please. So, bad look by Joe Girardi. Didn't like it one bit. Bush League move, Joe Girardi. Settle down, man. Worry about finding a closer that can get some people out in the ninth inning. How about that? Okay, there you have it. Jason's Rants, Powers on Sports Podcast. Find us, share it with your friends, Google, Apple, Stitcher, all the podcast platforms. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.